What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Cut. Sean, Christian, and Randy are here for all your mediocre fantasy football advice. Boys, how are we doing on this Thursday? I'm doing pretty well. I had a really long day at work. I was uh, slinging bales of hay, so I did about 100 bales of hay. Also, I had to belay some kids up into a high ropes course, so um, it's been a long day, but I'm ready to talk some fantasy football. What were uh, you possibly doing with all that hay? We're making a, a hay maze for a like concert thing that's this weekend. Very North Carolina thing. Yeah, got to love the parks department. But <laughs> oh, yeah. Got to love it. <laughs> Randy, how you doing, bud? Doing good. Just uh, getting ready for work. Going to be fun. Yeah, folks, Randy works the night shift, so we always have to try to fit this in his tight schedule, which isn't always the easiest thing to do. But, yeah. hey, we make it work. I'm, I'm used to fitting into tight things. It's okay. Yeah, it's supposed to be like below 50 tonight, so, uh, yeah, going to be fun. Gross. Don't you work at an indoor gas station? Yeah, but I had to be outside like a third of the time to do shit. Oh, well, there you go. Never an easy job in the life of Randy Hall. Yeah. So, welcome <laughs> back, everybody. This is going to be a little bit of a week four preview episode. We're going to go over some topics here. We're going to talk about Melvin Gordon returning from the holdout. Uh, that was big news that broke yesterday. We'll give you our must starts of the week. We'll give you some players to target kind of to – tackle on to what we did last week with uh, the buy low and sell highs. Give you a couple more flex questions. We'll answer a couple of them. I'll give you my suit-ups of the week, and then we'll hope that we have a good week four all the way around. As always, if you'd like to support the podcast, shoot us an email at officialcutpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at thecutffl. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. We are available on all those platforms. And we'll go ahead and get right into it. We'll start with the big news that came out yesterday. Melvin Gordon did report to Chargers camp. He is he did practice with the team today. Uh, obviously, the big question along with that is what is now the value of Austin Eckler and to a lesser extent Justin Jackson? To me, I think that Eckler probably goes more down to the bottom tier of the RB2, probably into RB3 range and more of a flex play. Christian, I know you're a little bit higher on Eckler. Do you see him being anything more than an RB3? Yeah, I mean, he was the running back 30, I believe, last year, and that was with Melvin Gordon in a full season. Um, I think that you're going to get some boom and bust plays. Like, you're going to get some three- to five-point games out of Eckler moving forward, and you're not going to be happy with it but you're also still going to get those 20-point games that you've seen um, because I do think they're going to utilize him. They don't have many weapons. Mike Williams is still nursing that injury. Hunter Henry's out. Um, So I think that they're going to rely on him and Melvin Gordon, and I think it's going to be – it might not be a 50-50 split. I know I said that to you guys yesterday, but I still think they're going to find ways to use him because he is one of their best players. Yeah, that's true. It's it's probably more of an embarrassment of riches type thing for the Chargers in their backfield. I think that Melvin Gordon is a good pass catcher in his own right. And I think that as for the last couple of years, the Chargers have kind of used him that way. But Eckler is a great change. He's probably one of the best change of pace guys in the league. Obviously, if there was an injury to befall Gordon, Eckler shoots right back up to a top tier RB2. He is probably worthy of, uh, of a hold right now. But if you're looking to trade him, there's probably some value. Uh, Randy, w- what's your thoughts on that? I mean, if you're going to trade him, I'm not quite sure what value you're going to get right now because everyone knows Gordon's back. Everyone assumes he's going to get 80% of the workload for some reason. Uh, but, I mean, to, to the point of him getting more work this year, uh, Gordon – was out four games last year with injury. So as of right now, we're at the same exact split. So he's at this rate, he should be RB30. So, I mean, he's going to be an RB3. There's no way around it. I mean, if there's a heavy game script and they throw a bunch, he could go up to RB2 territory. But other than that. Yeah, I would probably say that you could probably shop him to the Melvin Gordon owner because that way it's more of – of a Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott to a lesser extent where the person could be safe having both of the chargers running backs. 
Christian, would you, if you were looking to trade him, would you possibly look towards the Melvin Gordon owner? Yeah, definitely. I think it's um, the Melvin Gordon owner might want to have Eckler for these first couple weeks of Melvin Gordon. But also, I think it's a trap because they're going to want to start both of them. And like I said, you're going to get a lot of busts out of Eckler from now on. I, I do believe that three or four uh, weeks you're going to get single-digit scoring out of Eckler because they're going to rely on Melvin Gordon. The first couple weeks, probably not. Um, get him back in the flow the same way, um, like you said, Zeke and, and Pollard. But I think it's a bit of a trap in that you can get something of value from that team and kind of stick them with two running backs on the same team. And I, I think it's a win-win for you. Any Melvin Gordon owners, I think that you should be hesitant to add Eckler to your team. I don't know that the, the value is going to be there past two or three weeks, and then it's, it's going to be a trap. So um, I would steer clear of that. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, I In redraft leagues, I think you can probably now cut ties with Justin Jackson. Randy, after, you, after this week. Yeah, because Melvin Gordon isn't going to play this week. He is just getting back to practice. Um, but there's not really going to be any value to be had with Justin Jackson no. barring an injury to one yeah, of the two guys. It's going to take another injury type thing. Uh, I mean, I play him this week because they play the worst team in football, and then just use him, use him to cut for whatever you need next week because you're going to be on the waiver wire again. Happens every week. Yeah, Eckler is probably a top five play this week just based on the matchup against the Dolphins. And – Jackson could maybe be a back-end RB2 or a flex play. Yeah, RB2. With, yeah, with that matchup. So if if you're hurting this week with the Niners on the on a bye and the Jets on the bye, so if you have Breida or Mostert or Le'Veon Bell, Jackson might be a good choice to turn to. And uh, you could probably get some good value out of him too. Only other, thing, add- only other thing I would add here is to maybe target the Saquon owner for a target – for trading Eckler just because they'll probably need more help than you do. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I, I was going to ask you guys this question. In Dynasty Leagues, are you just stashing Justin Jackson for now? Um, yeah, I think yeah. so. Because I the thing about Eckler, he's a restricted free agent after this season. And as well as he's – I mean, you never know what's going to happen when it comes to that if – if he's possibly going to get an offer from another team that the Chargers don't want to match. If that happens, Melvin Gordon's gone. I don't think he's signing an extension. I, I don't think the Chargers want to pay him. He's going to be on another team next year. There's a very good possibility that Eckler could be on another team next year also. And then all of a sudden, Justin Jackson becomes the number one running back for one of the better offenses in football. He yeah. can be a top 15 guy. And like, I, like I've said, he's really talented. He, he he's ran really well when he's got the opportunity this year. He could be a guy that you hold on to, and this is only his second year in the league. Yeah, if that if that kind of doomsday situation happens, they're going to draft a running back in the stud class. And, I mean, Jackson's going to be the starter for the preseason, at least the first couple weeks or so, until the other guy gets acclimated. And, yeah, um, and I, don't, I don't think it's – sorry, Christian, but I don't think it's the – point two where Jackson automatically is going to get passed over by another guy. I think no, he, could, but. It could, it, he could possibly be a guy that maybe the Chargers don't look to draft a running back until the second or third round because they know they already have Jackson. Real quick, um, I thought Melvin Gordon had another year on his contract, but no. he doesn't. No, okay. yeah. no this is this, this is his fifth-year option. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And like I said, there's no way the Chargers pay that. Zeke's the one with the two-year. Yeah. That he gotcha. had for the side. Yeah, because yeah, Gordon, Gordon, this was more of a Le'Veon Bell scenario where Zeke's was kind of unprecedented because he has that extra year on his contract still. Mm-hmm. So that, I think that'll probably do it for the Melvin Gordon talk. I think we kind of covered all the points there. One thing we wanted to go over is there. the three of us are all in the first year of a dynasty league. And for those of you that don't know, a Dynasty League is basically you draft a larger roster your first year. So in our draft, it was a 29, it's a 29-team roster. And that's your, that's your team 
throughout the entirety of the league. There's the rookie drafts that are kind of based like the NFL draft where you take guys that have just been drafted, and that's kind of how you build your team. So, like I said, the three of us are all in that league, and I needed some running back help. And Christian, Randy, I want to get your guys' opinions on the trade I just made. Uh, my running backs to start the year were Sony Michelle, Tevin Coleman, and Rashad Penny. Two of those three guys went down to injury, and Sony Michelle has been garbage. So I had Mike Evans, Od- Odell Beckham, and A.J. Green as my three receivers that we start. I got rid of Mike Evans and Daryl Henderson, the rookie for the Rams, and a 2020 first-round pick. I, came, I got back Joe Mixon and Sterling Shepard, so I kind of bumped up my running back group. Where and Shepard isn't a huge step down for what I could have possibly gotten. How do you? What are you guys' thoughts about that? Uh, I think it's a bit much just because of the first, but I do understand you're going to be a back end first round pick, especially with the additions. Um, I mean, I, I for value sake, I think if you would have gotten a third back in this, it may have been more even. But mm-hmm. it's definitely a good trade because you got two really young guys for a position you already have depth at for a position you really had no one at, which yeah. is weird because I was through a whole case of beer during that draft and I had more running backs. I don't understand that at all. Well, my problem was well, it's because I took I took Carson Wentz and George Kittle relatively high. I took them probably in the first eight rounds, and that's that that was basically my thought process for this trade. I. With this being the first year of us doing Dynasty, I don't necessarily know how to value the draft picks versus valuing the players themselves. And, I mean, Joe Mixon, this is his third year in the league. He's only 23 years old. He's, I think he's going to be a stud for the next few years once he gets more acclimated to the Zach Taylor offense and once they get another quarterback because Andy Dalton's a joke. I think he's going to be even better. And then Sterling Shepard, if, if Danny Dimes can you know, have an entire career off of one game, which is what everybody thinks, then Sterling Shepard is could vault up to a top twenty running top twenty receiver in the next couple of years too. Yeah, I, my only worry there is Golden Tate coming back. I don't know what his production level will be really because he won't be in the slot as much. Uh, so, but I mean, with no Saquon, they're probably going to be throwing a lot more. Yeah, I agree. That's also this year. I mean, yeah. it's dynasty. You got to exactly. both ways. And this, and that, the the. Honestly, the real only reason I have a problem with it is just because uh, the first round of the rookie draft this year is probably going to be one of the most studied classes in a long time. Yeah, and that's I was hesitant too with that, but I had to to make this happen. Yeah, I don't blame you. I was going to chime in at the end of the the first round in this rookie draft. You might be able to get a running back of Joe Mixon's caliber. I mean, this running back and wide receiver class are loaded. There are going to be probably three quarterbacks, I would say, that go in the first round of rookie drafts next year. So I think you'd have an opportunity to get maybe a Henry Ruggs or a Jonathan Taylor or someone like that. Um, So that's my only concern is that – my biggest concern is that Frank's team is going to be loaded. um, with It always is. It always is. (laughs) But And Uh, the thing, too, is this was – for me, this is more of a win this year type of mentality – I could have packed it in. I, I could have thought, hey, I'm going to have a first-round pick next year. And like you said, with that stud class coming out. But a part of me wants to be competitive this year, and I think this trade helps me, and I'm not losing too much for the future either. I think that's that was my thought process. Yeah. yeah Listen, if we can ever get our trade worked out, Sean, you might have multiple picks to try and move back in with the first two. Yeah, that's fair. I know you and I have been talking about something also. Yeah. And it kind of just – I'm glad we didn't do it now because you'd be out of first round picks almost. Yeah, right. Because I I was looking for the 2021. Um, But I think this kind of brings us to just dynasty strategy as a whole. For those of you that do play dynasty league, it's always, there's all, it seems like there's the fine line between, like I said, the win now mentality or the building for the future. And, and on some level, you could probably do both. I think I'm probably more on, in that middle ground, but Christian or Randy, would you guys say you guys are owners on either of the other sides? Christian, with his team, it seems like he's more on the win-now side, just given who he has in the starting roster every week. I'm a try and be win-now, but in reality, I have a lot of young guys, so that's like I just traded away Mark Ingram for Singletary in a first this year. 
And I thought, I mean, honestly, obviously uh, I don't have a lot of backs anymore, but I think it was needed because Ingram, I'm not sure he keeps up the pace all year anyways, but even if he does, that doesn't mean he's going to be good going down the line here. Yeah, I, I would say I'm more win now. I mean, I have Julian Edelman and Emmanuel Sanders as two of my starting receivers, which um, if you didn't know in a dynasty league, that's probably not a good thing um, if you're trying <laughs> to build for the future. Um but I'm also one and two right now in that league. And um, yeah, I think it might be time to start looking towards the future. If I chalk up another L this week, which uh, probably is going to happen. So I'm guaranteed to lose. I faced Mike, who I just gave Mark Ingram to, and I'm on bye week hell. It seems like so. Yeah. See mine. I'm, I matched up against the guy I just traded Evans and Henderson to. So that it was a little bit tougher to, find the right pieces there also that's kind of what frank was saying was that the, it's always tough when you face a guy that you're looking to trade the same week because yeah. then in the back of your head you're thinking my players are about to the ones i'm giving away are probably just about to go off obviously he wouldn't be starting daryl henderson but if mike evans has another 40 point performance and joe mixon has 15 and sterling shepherd has 12 i'm gonna be pretty upset yeah, yeah. pretty likely yeah that's but that's all trades no matter what kind of leagues you gotta it's all strategy but worst case you lose a week because they have a good performance it's okay as long as you made the right trade for your team in the long run yeah and we're getting to that time i mean it's week four it's still early but now's the time that the trade yeah. offers are starting to ramp up you're you now you know kind of what you have as a core for your team and, and what you need to improve on and with the bye week starting to circulate this is a really good time to start looking at that kind of stuff um, because now's the time to continue to make your team better. Guys on waivers, there's not going to be a ton of helpful pieces as the year goes on, barring some catastrophic injuries. So trades are really the way that you can continuously improve your team. So that's kind of why we're doing this here now to try to help you guys is because this is, this is the start of the next few weeks being you'll see a lot of trades going back and forth. Yeah. And even in keeper leagues, there's a lot of people that don't think about keepers until the last week. Well, if you're the guy at the trade deadline thinking about it and you go and get somebody that the people don't need or they're hurt this year, maybe you can trade around and get Saquon just to help that guy win this year. I mean, that's a value. Yeah, depending on your keeper parameters, um, if, if the round or anything like that doesn't matter and it's just who you have on your team for the next year. Saquon's a great guy to target because you're not going to get much help out of him this year being out six to eight weeks, but in the future, and especially next year, when you go to draft, you can already have him locked in as the RB one and you're already on, on the right foot. Christian, you got anything else to add to that? No, I, I think that's, that's a good strategy to have. I know in one of our keeper leagues, uh, someone, someone was able to pick up their, starting tight end for this year in the last week because he was just on waivers. Um, we, yeah, we hurt. yeah <laughs> hurt. he was hurt. Um, I don't think you're going to see Saquon on waivers ever, but if you can um, give up a couple pieces to get someone who's really not going to help a team, uh, I think it's definitely a good strategy to have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know for me in one of my leagues in the fantasy playoffs last year, once Kareem Hunt got um, – released from Kicked the, out. the Chiefs and Spencer Ware was on IR, I picked up Damian Williams. And we are in that league. We have the penalty of whatever round you drafted him in, it's a one-round advancement for the next year to keep him. Or if you pick him up on waivers, it's the week you picked him up. I picked him up like week 15. So I had a 14th-round pick going into this year of Damian Williams, who going into the season was a top-20 play. And – I, he's had some injuries, but he could he could still end up being that guy. Obviously, he took a step down once the Chiefs traded for McCoy, but that's kind of how I've I've kind of looked out on that two years in a row. I took Pat Mahomes in the eleventh round, and in one of my other leagues this year, that's a keeper league. I took uh, Lamar Jackson in the eleventh, so I can have him in the tenth round next year. So it's it's just things like that that you have to keep in mind, like Randy said, when it comes to keeper leagues. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and when we come back, we will hit you guys on our mediocre must-starts of the week for week four. Welcome back to The Cut. We're going to go through our mediocre must-starts for week four. 
Randy, who's the first guy you're looking at? Uh, I have Will Disley. It's, yeah. uh, I mean, with the tight end landscape, they just traded away Vanette to the Steelers. He is now their locked and loaded guy. Seems to be the second favorite target, even over DK. And he's their red zone guy, even over DK. And without that garbage time tight, uh, touchdown last week, he's still at a tight end one performance. He's going up against the Cardinals, who are just the sieve for tight ends. They gave up points. I think it's already three weeks in, and they already have top five performances each of those weeks from tight ends, opposing them. Yep. He's a he's a lock this week. If you could pick if he's on the waiver wire and you got any tight end you're not sure about, this just pick him up. So would you start him over a guy like OJ Howard? Yeah. hundred percent. Because you still don't know what you got in OJ Howard. Honestly, if you're not if it's not a top five tight end, I think I start him over him because I think he's a top five tight end this week. Randy, would you start uh Will Disley over Greg Olson? That was going to be my next one I asked. I think I do this week. I just like the matchup a lot. Obviously, I don't expect Wilson to throw that much because he won't. Carson had the fumble, turned the game around. They sat him. They wanted to throw the ball more because they were down to the backup Saints, and they needed all the help they can get. I mean, it does show that Wilson can still get it done, but if he does, he's going to be targeting Disley. Yeah, that's true, and I think that with the air raid offense that the Cardinals run, there's going to be a ton of plays in that game and for for both sides, and the Seahawks are going to have to try to keep up with the Cardinals, and I think Disley's going to play a big part in that. So we'll move on to my must-start for week four, and that's on Johnson. Now, he hasn't been the most efficient running back. He's actually been bottom four when looking at the yards per carry. But he gets to face a Chiefs defense that gives up the sixth most rushing yards in the first three weeks of the season. He's going to be involved in the passing game. All they have really is TJ Johnson, who they haven't really integrated a ton into the offense yet. And he's going to get the goal line work. We saw that in week three. Once they cut ties with CJ Anderson, uh, on was the guy that got a couple of the goal line carries against the Eagles last week. He's going to get those again. I think that the Lions offense – is going to be able to put up points on the Chiefs offense. This is going to be a shootout, and carry is going to be on the field a lot. So I think he could be a top 12 running back at the end of the week when it's all said and done. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that Stafford is going to have a heck of a game too. I think if you had anyone playing in this game, you, you want to start them. Um, but carry he's not the exception there. You, you need to put him in your lineup because, I mean – I think he's going to be able to actually snag a couple touchdowns. Um, maybe a couple is being generous, but he, he's going to get the work, and, and I think he's a, a top 10 running back this week. Yeah. Mark Ingram had three against him last week. Exactly. So, uh, well, how about a question about from this game? Would you start Sammy Watkins or carry on Johnson? Uh, carry on. All right. Because uh, I think Watson's going to get – I think Watson, Watkins is – going to be keyed in by Patricia. They're going to let the other guys beat him. And I think carry on is going to just have more points. All right. Yeah, I see it. I just wanted to gauge how, cause he said he's getting the touch increase, but he hasn't gotten the points increase. So I was just gauging. It, it's been inefficiency, but I, I, I think that changes. All right. Yeah. So we'll roll right into my first must start for week four. Um, that's going to be Devontae Adams. Uh, after a game in which he saw just four targets, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be feeding him. The, they're playing the Eagles, and the Eagles have an atrocious secondary. They've given up 100 yards to, receiver, to a receiver four times in the three games that they played this year. Um, I think Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez-Scantling might be able to get 100 yards. I know that the, the Packers have been um, – more focused on the run this year, but I think this is the breakout game for, for all three of those guys, Rodgers, Adams, and Marquez. And I think that coming off that bad performance, you're going to want to sit Devontae Adams. This is not the time to do that. Uh, he needs to be in your lineup. No, yeah, I thought I thought Adams was a really good buy low candidate. I know I, I sent some offers out to see if I could try to pull him. I think this is the start. I think he gets over 100 yards. I think he scores a touchdown. The Eagles secondary is not good. 
they've had guys light them up through the first three weeks, and I don't think that changes. I, I agree. I can see Valdez Scantling and Devontae Adams both having good weeks against the Eagles. Cool. Um, so we're actually doing this draft style, snake draft. So I'm going to give you my second one, and that is Phillip Rivers. I don't have much to say here. He plays the Miami Dolphins. Um, start him. Do, do you guys have anything to add to that? I mean, honestly. Nope. Not, not at all. Stream, stream <laughs> of the week. Start all your, start, yeah, start all your chargers. Rivers is definitely yeah. one of them. Stream, um, stream, quarter, stream, uh, stream quarterbacks of the week are Rivers and Stafford for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Rivers, you're, you could be looking at a top five quarterback at the end of the week given what the other three teams have been able to do, the Dolphins. So that's absolutely the right play. I'll go ahead and move into mine. My second guy is the fumble happy Chris Carson. Pete Carroll did come out this week and say he has faith in Chris Carson. I have faith in him too, at least for one more week. And mine is pretty much matchup based. Also it's against the Cardinals. Christian McCaffrey just ripped off 150 yards and a touchdown against them. Like I said, I think the Seahawks are going to be on the field a lot on offense because the Cardinals are going to be running so many plays. I think that's going to help. Chris Carson get more touches, and he and he's still going to get the passing game work. Rashad Penny didn't practice yesterday. I don't believe he practiced today. If he's out another week, all they have on their roster is CJ Procise. I know he came in when Carson fumbled last week, but I think they want to give Carson another shot, especially if Penny's out. I think Chris Carson could also finish in the top twelve. I know in all the leagues I have him, I'm I'm throwing him out there. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, they're going to give him at least one last shot here, and he's got a great matchup. If he has another fumble, though, top waiver wire of the week is Penny if he's out there. I picked him up this week. Yeah. The person I mean, there. I already yeah. have the one league. So Again, I'm going to kind of go back to I agree. I'm going to go back to what we said last week. If you have Chris Carson, do what you can to own Rashad Penny also. I know that I've tried to do that. You want to have both of those guys on your roster – because there could be a running back change. Yeah, and you, and Chris Carson's never had an entire season workload without any kind of injuries. So, I mean, there's still a shot that he gets injured. It's always a good idea to have his backup, especially with that workload there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, I'm going to move into my last one, and it's kind of two because – I'm going to be that guy right here. Uh, just yeah, guys, we all had one picked out. I couldn't Randy decide. Be, you know, for the, for the last pick, he has to have two. So. Well, how, how can you say Justin Jackson and not say Adrian Peterson? Like, it's, it's two it's, different players. They're both RB2 this week, though. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Randy. I, I typed this out as just Justin Jackson, and then I looked at AP's matchup, and I was like, ah, I can't just not say him. So, yeah, no, I, mean, I agree you could like either one would make sense here. I'm just giving yeah. crap for picking both. Well, at least I didn't pick a first round pick like Christian. Yeah, that is uh, true. About the Adams was kind of yeah. obvious. <laughs> well, all right. Yeah. But <laughs> Justin Jackson's got a great matchup this week. He's looked good all year, getting increasing touches as Eckler's had some fumble issues and they want to make sure he doesn't get hurt. He's never been an RB one in this league. So they got to make sure he's okay. I know. With Gordon coming back, they're going to want to even keep Eckler even more healthy because they know they may need him more for the first couple of weeks with Gordon coming back, getting integrated again, and it's against the Dolphins. So, I mean, it's such an easy pick. If you thought Pollard was going to do good last week, and he did, why wouldn't you think Justin Jackson's going to do the same this week? Yeah, we touched on it We touched on it a little bit earlier. Yeah, that- I- he, they could both be RB twos this week. Yeah, he's gonna get be an RB one, and there's just gonna be a t- there's gonna be a ton of touches to go around. I yeah, mean, it's Dolphins. Jackson's not gonna get any passing work. I mean, so he is a little bit limited, but he's probably gonna be the goal line guy after Eckler's fumble issues. Yeah, but, he could definitely score a touchdown. Yeah, this week. and then AP obviously, if you have Adrian Peterson on your roster and you don't play him this week against the Miami Light Giants over here, <laughs> why? Do you have him on your roster? Trade him or cut him. Play him this week. Obviously, don't play him over carry on John Center, but he's going to be an RV2 this week. Just play him. And don't get him mad when he's not in on the goal line. <laughs> Did either of you guys catch that on Monday? No. There I was, was too, a, I was too busy were, crying that 
the Bears had 30 points on defense. Yeah, I, I can't believe that. But the sideline reporter, I off the top of my head, I can't remember who it was, was talking about how unhappy Peterson was that he wasn't in on first on the goal-to-go situation for the Redskins early in the game, and they showed him, and he was visibly upset, and it was pretty funny. Yeah, but Peterson's never shy about voicing his opinion to his team. And he's, not gonna do, yeah. he's not going to do it in a disrespectful manner, but he's going to tell him what he wants to do here. And it typically works out for him. I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> and, I yeah. mean, he did rush for 1,000 yards last year with that yeah. same Redskins team. This is what that's what he's gonna look like this week, and then not again because their lines. You heard it here first, folks. Adrian Peterson, a thousand yards rushing week this week. (laughs) He's gonna be a god. So that'll do it for our mediocre must starts of the week. If you have those guys that we mentioned, definitely get them into your lineups. We're gonna go ahead here and move on to our next segment. It's called Target Practice. The three of us are gonna give you a couple guys that we think you should be targeting in trades. We talked about trades a little bit earlier and how this is the time to start to ramp those up. We're going to give you uh, – it's kind of along the same lines as our buy low and sell highs that we did last week, only these are guys that we definitely think uh, we want to acquire on our teams. Christian, who's the first guy you're looking at? Yeah, the first guy I'm looking at is Devin Singletary. The guy's been extremely efficient, um, but he is banged up. In redraft leagues, that's not as valuable. So I think that – the fact that no one's going to be starting him this week, even if he's active, I don't think that Singletary is going to slide into too many lineups. Um, you're going to be able to get Singletary at, at a little bit of a value this week. And honestly, you're going to have a viable RB2 down the stretch. The guys looked insanely good with the, the limited touches that he's had. I think they're only going to increase his workload. They're going to run Frank Gore to death. Um, literally, the dude's 90. Um, but once Singletary's back and he's fully healthy, I think he's going to be an RB2, and now is the time to go snag him. I mean, Frank Gore, he has to have some kind of retirement home lined up, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, he probably lives in one. Yeah, I think he's bought a retirement home in every city he's been in. So that's, what, <laughs> 13 or so by now? Yeah, something like that. But, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Devin Singletary, he showed flashes of it uh, the first couple of weeks before he got hurt. They want to use it. Looks like they want to use him in the passing game, also. And he's going to break off big plays. And obviously, he was drafted for the future for the Bills. So he's definitely someone that could have a lot more value as the year goes on. I'll go ahead and move into mine. And Christian knows how much I like this guy. It's Tevin Coleman. He's been hurt. He only played a half in week one, then was down for weeks two and week three. He's on by this week. Because he's on by, it might be a lot easier for you to get him. Uh, Kyle Shanahan came out and said he expects him back in week five. Uh, Matt Breida and Raheem Mostert have been very solid as his fill-ins, but they were seceded on the goal line to a guy named Jeff Wilson, who was on the practice squad in week one. I think when Coleman comes back, he's going to be the 1A to the Mostert and Breida combination of a 1B. And Obviously, it doesn't seem like Shanahan wants to use either of those guys on the goal line. Otherwise, they wouldn't be using their third back in weeks two and week three. And Jeff Wilson was the guy who got all the touchdowns. I think that becomes Tevin Coleman. And Tevin Coleman is a guy that could finish as an RB2. I know I have him in a lot of leagues. I've held out waiting for him to come back from his injury. I'm going to be targeting him in more leagues because I want to have him. I think this Niners offense is going to continue to produce. And he's definitely a guy I want to own. Real quick, um, Randy has to be just foaming at the mouth to, to talk about this because of his love for Matt Breida. Um, and when you said that Breida and Mostert were going to be the one beat together, I think um, Randy probably, uh, his mind probably exploded because he values Breida so much higher than Mostert. And I kind of agree with him there. I don't think Mostert's going to get the work once yeah. Kevin Coleman's back. Mostert, Mostert's not going to get anything once Coleman's back. I think Coleman is going to take basically what you saw from Wilson and Mostert combined is what Coleman's going to be. I just, yeah. don't, I just don't personally think he's a goal line back just because of like his size and stuff. I just don't think he's going to be there. Uh, but if they didn't use Matt Breed already, why would they use him when Coleman comes back? Well, but would you use him in that kind of situation when Wilson – was able on the roster and better for it. Yeah, but they're not going to have four active running backs. No, exactly. Wilson's going to go back to the practice squad. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so I so that and that's why I think Coleman just becomes that Jeff Wilson role, but he's a lot better. I, yeah. I think it's. I mean, he's uh, Coleman's going to get all the passing work. Let's. I mean, Breida gets yeah. a lot of that. So it's going to be. I mean, he's he's going to be a high RB two, but I still think Breida is going to be a low RB two. Yeah, no, they could definitely both. They could definitely both work out. Uh, Randy, who's your first guy you're looking at? Oh uh, yeah, I just said Saquon. I, I mean, <laughs> I think we have to say it. If you're in a redraft league, and he's you don't, no one really knows how long he's going to be out for. There's an obvious shot that if they're like terrible and losing every game, that they shut him down. But if you can get away with giving up some light pieces, maybe two or three to help that guy out, if you have depth, he's a perfect play. Because, I mean, how much how much more boom-bust can you get down the stretch? Yeah, I mean, as long as you can piece yourself together working towards the fantasy playoffs, his and his, Saquon Barkley's schedule the last few weeks of the year is a cakewalk. So he's going to put up a ton of points. So if you can acquire him and you're already safe enough that you think you're going to be in, then he is a huge piece to add when the fantasy playoffs roll around. Yeah. I mean, if you if you have to go in for the next six weeks with, let's say, Tevin Coleman and Wayne Gallman and like one or two other RB2 type guys for your whole roster, maybe Devin Singletary, I mean, are you mad at that if you have Saquon coming back after six weeks? No. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I'm happy. Or love me some Saquon. Oh, so we're doing the snake draft thing again. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, I was paying attention apparently. Uh, Yeah, my next one's going to be Fournette. I know we kind of covered him last week. Obviously, I traded for him last week. So he didn't have a great performance again last week against a really good defense. So maybe we can get him even cheaper this week. Uh, I know Menchu looked okay. He's not anything stellar, but... He's got the swagger I like, and hopefully he can keep him going until Foles gets back. But Breida – or, sorry, uh, Fournette's just – Yeah, I got you all thinking about Matt Breida, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> You've got me flustered. Uh, but Fournette, his, his workload is just insane. They're not giving anyone else touches. He was on the field 100% of the time in a game that he had negative carries going in – negative yards going in the fourth quarter. I mean <laughs> – Yeah. What? <laughs> and he's if he's gonna get five or six targets a game as well as his hundred percent workload, how do you not value him as a top RB two? Yeah, yeah. I, I have a, a trade offer out for Fournette right now. Uh, yeah, I try, I tried to get him from Kev, and Kev just never responded. Yeah, he still hasn't responded <laughs> to me. So uh, I hope my offer is better than yours. That probably is. <laughs> According to you guys, every offer of yours is better than mine. True. Oh, let's not get it. That could be a whole different podcast. Episode. <laughs> Before we go down a rabbit hole, I'm going to move on to my second guy to target. It's Joe Mixon. Like I like we talked about before, I did trade for him in the Dynasty League. A little bit different, but his schedule's been brutal to start the season. He hasn't been healthy. And they're all everybody on in that offense is learning Zach Taylor's schemes. I think he's a he's going to be a big weapon for Zach Taylor. Uh, he's probably going to be used in the same kind of role that Todd Gurley was when Zach Taylor was the offensive coordinator in Los Angeles, and he's just really good. I've always been one to think that Joe Mixon's talent is top in the league when it comes to running backs. Gio Bernard isn't really cutting into his workload a lot, especially when he hasn't been completely healthy. Gio, like last week, Gio only got five touches, and Mixon was working his way back from an ankle injury. So I think that Mixon could be a back-end RB1 if his efficiency gets a little bit better, which I think it will be because he's also a really good pass catcher. I think he could be end up being a back-end RB1. Breaking news, Joe Mixon is good, according to Sean. You heard it here first. According to everyone that's watched tape. Yes. Um, I, yeah, I, I definitely agree with this. The only concern I would have would be the offensive line. But with Zach Taylor's scheme, it hasn't really been an issue. Um, and they've overperformed um, even against that brutal schedule. So, yeah, I, I agree with this for sure. Yeah. It, if you can wait till after this week, he's probably not going to have a good week going against the Steelers. They they're selling out to stop the runners. I mean, if 
if you can wait and get him even cheaper, I would. But he's definitely a good buy buy low candidate because he hasn't done anything this year. But he's a clear RB one talent. Agreed. Um, so we'll go ahead into my second um, target, and that is Scary Terry McLaurin. Um, he's not going to be cheap. The guy is performing at a wide receiver one level right now with Case Keenum as his quarterback. Um, I didn't think that I would ever utter those words, but Terry McLaurin is the real deal, uh, especially if you're in a keeper league. I think that that is definitely someone you need to target. Um, you're going to have to pay up, as I said, but a lot, of, a lot of the concern comes from, well, what if Dwayne Haskins comes in? I think that's going to be a good thing for him. Um, he knows uh, m- how McLaurin runs routes. He's going to rely on him a lot more than Keenum has. And to be honest, Keenum is solely relying on McLaurin right now. Um, the, the connection with Haskins is already established. I think that he has wide receiver one potential. I know he's, he's performing at that right now. Not many people assume that that's going to continue, but I think that even if they change quarterbacks, which could very well happen this week if Case Keenum throws another 8 million interceptions. Um, that's I, a lot of interceptions. Yeah, I, I definitely think McLaurin is a wide receiver one. Almost as many yards as AP has this week. True. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, we do not set the bar low, guys. That's one thing we don't do here on the cut. <laughs> we expect greatness, and then we do terribly. But, no, I mean, Terry McLaurin, he definitely has looked like the best rookie wide receiver that's been in the league for the first few games. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased being a big Ohio State fan. I, I love the fact that Terry McLaurin looks good. And when – Dwayne Haskins inevitably takes over that offense. Second quarter this week. He's going to look – He's going to. yeah, he's going to look even better because they had the connection last year at Ohio State, and McLaurin is going to continue to produce, and you could be looking at a wide receiver too. So that will do it for our target practice. When we come back, we're going to take one more quick break, and we'll review some flex questions, and we'll go, go ahead and get out of here. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and move on to flex on them. I'm going to give you guys a couple players. These are questions that people ask us on Twitter and other means, and you guys tell me who you would play in these scenarios. First one, DJ Moore or Emmanuel Sanders? Uh, <laughs> uh, DJ Moore. <laughs> That's a hard one. Um, I think I'd go Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders is safer, but I liked what – Allen did last week. I, I, I probably, yeah, I probably lean DJ more. I'm probably the, in the same. Role the, only, the only concern I would have with that is Allen's first read most of the time was Curtis Samuel. Yeah. I think you'll see a lot of that. And I mean, it, I, I think you're safe playing either one of these guys. Uh, I would personally go Sanders. But, yeah, yeah, that's fair. But, and I think more of big play guy. Bigger upside, in my opinion. Exactly. Thing. Yeah. So, so we're a little bit split there. Next one, Tyler Boyd or Larry Fitzgerald? Both of these guys could probably finish top 15 this week. Fitz. Fitz. I'm going Boyd. I'm going slightly to the Boyd side. I think Boyd lights up the Steelers on Monday night. I hope so. I have him in like three leagues. <laughs> I'm going to go 14 points for Boyd and 19.5 for Fitz. Right. It, it's def- you definitely can't go wrong either way but I, I personally would lean Boyd. Pick two, T.Y. Hilton, obviously, if he plays, DJ Shark, do-do-do-do-do-do, or Sterling Shepard. <laughs> I hate you. Well, I, is this already answered for us? Do we have a full update on Hilton? Yeah, I'm saying, assuming he practices in any kind of fashion on Friday, or are you pivoting away from him just based on the injury uncertainty there? If, if he's full participant, uh, on Friday, I, I'm gonna use them because you kind of—I mean, where you drafted them, you should use them. In that case, I'm just sitting DJ Chark. Yeah, I think Shepard's in my lineup either way, and then I, obviously I I'm keeping an eye on Hilton. Chark's got the worst matchup of the week, almost. I'd say I'd still yeah. start. I, I I would go Chark and Hilton, and sit Shepard because Chark seems to be the only person Minshew looks at, and he's gonna snag a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he probably will. I mean, if the first three weeks were any indication. 
Baker Mayfield, Mitch Trubisky, or Mason Rudolph? Oh, um, oh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no. I would maybe go, as crazy as it sounds, I would maybe go Baker in this scenario. I would think you got to. Ooh. I mean, I, I can't play Mitch against the Vikings. And I can't. And Rudolph is going against against Cincinnati in his first career primetime yeah. game. I mean, Rudolph has definitely the best matchup, but he didn't do anything last week. I, mean, I, I think the Browns are going to start to get it going. I, I, I would go Baker. I think he got to. I, I don't see how you can't here. I, I think I'd go Baker and Rudolph, actually, if it were two QBs. Um, and if I had to pick between the two of those, I would start Baker because he's going to have a chip on his shoulder this week. He's going to throw for four touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, we all know how much you love Mitch Trubisky anyway, Christian. That guy's a bum, and he beat me in my dynasty league last week because he wasn't a bum. You ever heard of karma there, buddy? Yeah. All right, guys, last one here. Pick one, Tariq Cohen, Damian Williams, obviously if he plays, or James White. I think this one's pretty easy that it would be James White in any scenario. James White, easy. Yeah, Damian Williams is already – he didn't practice again today, so all signs are indicating that he's not going to play. I would go with James White, and I would cut – Tariq Cohen two weeks ago. Yeah, there's no reason to roster Cohen anymore. And, and especially even if he can't produce in a game like what they had against the Redskins on Monday, he's just not rosterable. And the Bills, the Bills and Patriots game is going to be closer, and I think James White's going to be used more. So I would definitely yeah. lean James White. I, I don't know what – I think Nagy's just <laughs> in his own head. He thinks he's the second coming of Bill Belichick or something here. He, <laughs> he is – all of I mean, he's trying to be so cute for all the crap that the Browns get for their play calling. The Bears have to be right up there. Yeah, I mean, why would you? David Montgomery is just ripping off twenty yard runs when he actually gets a block. But why would you run him when you have Cordell Patterson? Because they have Mike Davis, Randy. They didn't use Mike Davis. They used Patterson. That's all bad. They didn't use Cohen. They didn't use Montgomery. They didn't use Davis. They used Patterson yeah. for no reason. Verified wide receiver. So that'll do it for our flex on them questions. One more segment here. It's going to be my suit ups of the week. I'll go through a couple injuries. Suit up. Suit up. Suit up. You suit it up. Snow suit up. Flight suit up. Penguin suited up. Suit up. You suited up. Birthday suiting up. Slut up. Suit up. Suit up. Suit it up. Suit up. Suit up. Space suit up. Suit up. Suit up. So I'm going to run through a couple guys that have been on the injury report going into week four and guys that I think I would play if there were going to be out there, but based on the matchups I'm not, or based on the injury history, I'm not sure if I will. First one, Christian alluded to it, Damian Williams. He was out last week. He didn't practice all week with a knee injury, hasn't practiced Wednesday and hasn't practiced Thursday. I don't think he plays this week. It's probably going to be the LaShawn McCoy show again and a possibly a little bit of Daryl Williams. So both of those guys, McCoy's probably an RB2. Daryl Williams may be a low-end flex play. Next guy is Mike Williams. Mike Williams is now battling a back injury. A knee injury is what took him out of week one. He didn't practice yesterday. I don't believe he practiced today. If he practices in any kind of fashion tomorrow, I think he could still be out there. I'm not sure if you want to trust that, though. I'd probably say he's wide receiver three. You, if you have a different option, I would probably play him over Williams. At least give him a week to recover. Uh, an update for that: I know Benjamin's out for the week, so I know they may only need him for a half. But I think they'll probably, if he practices at all, I think they force him in. Yeah, he probably plays. I just don't know if I trust him. Real quick, I just wanted to uh, shed some real life uh, experience on this. I cut Mike Williams this week. It was very hard for me. I was very I sure did. I had Valdez Scantling sitting there um, with the matchup this week. I, Mike Williams hasn't been that good, man. I I can't afford to take another loss, so I had to cut ties with him. So I, I mean, I guess I mean the upside of Williams is still huge, but I, I can I guess I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, for sure. So and then I'll move on to our last one here is Devin Singletary. Singletary didn't practice yesterday, but he did practice today. I think he's out there. I think he has a decent game against the Patriots. 
he's probably a high-end flex play, but obviously going forward, he probably gets into the RB2 tier. But first game off an injury, good Patriots defense, probably a flex. You can throw him out there if you really need him. I don't know, man. I Just knowing the Patriots, they always try and take away something. I think they're going to try and take away the running game between Gore, Singletary, and Allen. See, I kind of think they take away the deep ball. I don't think they want John Brown to beat him. Yeah, but if you put Gilmore on him, he's not going to get beat. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Gilmore is one of the best lockdown corners in the league. So, But, yeah, I mean, like I said, that's why it, I probably it is, have It is a flex play, though. So, yeah. I mean, it's, if you need him, if you need him, go ahead and put him out there. It's what you got. Right. So that'll do it for this episode of the cut. Thanks everybody for listening. Um, if you'd like to support the podcast again, shoot us an email at the, at official cut pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at the cut FFL. I'm at S ward underscore 12 Christian at 40 underscore Williams, Randy at Randy underscore Hall 71, I believe. <laughs> Apparently, Randy doesn't even know his own Twitter handle. I don't. But I don't. We'll, we'll right. get better. He'll learn it for next one for the next one. Keep an eye out for our week four recap. We should be posting that Sunday night. We should be able to record then. Uh, good luck in week four. Christian, Randy, you guys got anything to add before we get out of here? Uh, I believe we're still trying to get a DFS show out to you this weekend. I think we both have time. But it's only me and Christian to do it. So as long as we're not completely hectic, we'll do it. Either way, we'll still tweet out a lineup just to help. Or not help because we haven't won hey. anything. Well, if we, we tinker. Yeah. If we actually record it this week, you can just listen to us tinker and do the non tinker options and you'll get second place probably. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, that'll do it. Have fun with week four. This should be a good game that we have on Thursday night and all the and all the games Sunday. Again, good luck. Go win all your matchups. For Christian Williams, Randy Hall, I'm Sean Ward. We'll see you next time. We gone.